This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Damien Farrar-Hockley and Dan Clark. Loads and loads of football to talk about this week. We kick off with last Wednesday's cup action, a dramatic 1-0 win against Bradford City in the semi-final of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. That's a bit of a mouthful, that one. This was our second winning cup competition at Valley Parade this season, although this time our hosts made it a much more difficult test. Second best all evening, it looked as if we were heading for penalties when Matt Butcher, a chairboy for less than a month, wrote himself into Wickham folklore, scoring a late winner to send us to Wembley. We need to start by just addressing the elephant in the room for this game. Uh, We need to give Bradford all of the credit, all of the flowers. They were by far the better side and they were very unlucky. We've been on the back end of some very, very painful last minute defeats this season. You've got to feel sorry uh, sorry for this lot, haven't you? 100%. 100%. They were uh, they were very very good, weren't they? <clears throat> um, look, if you'd have uh, if you'd have been somebody who knew absolutely nothing about football, um, watching that game, you wouldn't have known who the League One and who the League Two team were. Um, that that said, the pitch was absolutely shocking, and granted, both teams have to play on it. But I don't think at this level I've ever seen a pitch as bad as that. Um, I don't know how bad it's been all season, but it's obviously been worse up there than what it has down here. So I'm guessing they've had more practice on it. But let that not take anything away from a really good performance. I thought they were very, very aggressive. They were really on the front foot. Exactly how we want we want us to play, really. You know, they were really on the front foot. Had some really nice little combinations going forward. Um, but look, how many times have we said about ourselves, this game isn't about having possession. It's not about building stats up. It's not about making your XG look pretty. It's about putting a ball in a net. And at the end of the day, they didn't do it. And Max has had an absolutely superb game. Um, Rightly man of the match. Um, And then Butcher's nicked one right at the other end. And, you know, that little bit of quality that he brings us um, that they didn't have. But but I felt it's not very often you can say this, but I did feel really sorry for Bradford at the end um, because it was a proper smash and grab. 
But um, but sometimes that happens in football. How how many times have we seen it this season where we've played really well, we've battered a team, and then you know they've nicked a goal at the end. So look, it's a positive result. The lads will be absolutely re- delighted. There won't be an asterisk next to it in uh, in three years' time saying Wickham won, but they they were rubbish. Um, so let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the build up to Wembley and. Um, give Bradford the respect they deserve, but let's not that take off what's been a really good cut run. The pitch was a real leveller for me. It, it, it basically brought everyone down to down to the same level, uh, but Bradford knew how to play it better than we did. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised when I saw the pictures that people had sent back that it was actually going to be played, especially when it was still raining at the time. Mm. Um, but apparently... Matt, Matty B uh, decided, you know, insisted it was going to be on when he was given the option. Um, I do agree with Adam about, obviously, that Bradford were better than us. And that I feel felt a little bit sorry for them, but the celebrations at the end were just worth it, and that's what I enjoyed more than anything. I wasn't really... When you get to that stage, you're not really thinking about the opposition. I, they wouldn't be thinking about us if it was the other way around, so, you know... Enjoy the moment, and Wembley, here we come. You can tell why it's named the BDSM Cup, can't you? Because in, in those kind of conditions, you got 90 minutes of absolute masochism watching utter, utter dross for the great relief at the end. <laughs> that, sums, that, that sums that game up very succinctly. I love the fact that, to be honest with you, as I was driving over, I travelled back about 40 or 50 years to go watch a game from the 1970s. That was a particular highlight because that pitch, I've never seen anything like it in my years of watching football. I mean, obviously it looked bad on the TV when you guys were watching, but actually being there, we were like, this game is not going ahead or it's not going to last the course. Um, But they played on it on Saturday against Sutton um, and it's been like that for a few weeks by all accounts I don't think if if it wasn't on Sky I don't think it would have been on truth be told because mm. um, it was really bad and the fact that their game against Barrow got called off on the Saturday as well afterwards is a bit of a joke compared to the fact that Barrow actually had grass on their pitch and Bradford didn't um, so yeah it was, it was an interesting one I mean in terms of the football yes they played well Um I am surprised where they are in the league, although League Two looks incredibly open this season because they did play very well. However, when we were coming out the ground, all their fans were saying, if we had a striker other than Andy Cook, we'd be absolutely fine. Um, They're literally relying on one player uh, at the moment to get them the results, and that's that's where they have the problems. Um, And... It was quite obvious, I mean, how the ball fell, how the ball bounced. They knew how the ball bounced and how to kind of move with the pitch. And that's it took us a long time to get used to that. And I think that's where the problem was. Because we we were trying to play the football that we would usually play on our nice carpet of a pitch. And we couldn't because you we were putting the balls through. The, at the first half, it was a mix of trying to lump the ball forward to Sam. They just couldn't manage it because he couldn't get off the ground because he was stuck in treacle and then the second half we tried to play a passing game a bit more and you, the, the, the ball's just not going fast enough so Gareth McCleary's making a run and the ball's like 10 yards behind him because it's not travelling the way it should do um, but to be honest with you all it needed was a piece of magic and 
you know, Max obviously produced that with his saves, but in the other end, the 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 sight by Richard Kone, um, a guy who's you know was last month playing or month before that playing non-league, to pick out Matt Butcher on the run and for Matt Butcher to finish it in the way he did. That's that's exactly all the hallmarks of a of a cup semi-final really isn't it nice smash and grab i mean the feeling when it went in was absolutely unbelievable it was brilliant wasn't it i don't know about you boys but you know when you see a goal and you just go that's a that's a special goal that's a goal that we're going to remember for years and years and years um for yeah. some reason look I, I know it's i mean look let's not get carried away it's the bdsm trophy right um but it's a it's a trophy it's a cup that we're you know we're up for it, boys. We're we're going to Wembley, um. So so it's wonderful. But when that goal went in, it just—I know this was probably sound a bit weird, but it reminded me of um, Essendon's goal. It just—it was just—I mm. think just the nature of it, the fact that our, our first shot on target came about three minutes before that, and the jamminess of it, and just—but the goal was so good. The the pass that you mentioned, Kone's pass to set that up. But yeah. the the goal itself was just a piece of absolute magic. Yeah, it wasn't just spotting him, was it, from Kone? It was the, as you said, Dan, on that pitch, how difficult was it just to, just to play like that little flighted ball? Because, mm. you know, you had to measure the bounce, you had to get it off the ground from your foot. It was a, an absolutely stunning pass. And um, there's your word again. I haven't said it for a couple of weeks, Dan. Um, but yeah, it was a <laughs> stunning pass. Uh, and, and look, Matt, Matt Butcher... Um, showed every ounce of the quality that he's got and why we signed him there because, um, you know, one chance he's had and uh, and he's hit the target with it. I think it probably got a little deflection, um, but it was a lovely, lovely finish um, on a really difficult pitch. Um, And look, fully deserved the boys after their work over the last three or four weeks. That hasn't always come rewarded with points. Boys really deserve that. Um, And I'm pleased for them. Um, like you said, Michael, it is only the the Pizza Cup, um, the MK Dons of football tournaments, if you like. But <laughs> um, but look, now we're at Wembley. This is a huge opportunity for a club the size of ours to to make some extra income that we wouldn't have been expecting at the beginning of the season, um, and to give a lot of our fans, young and old, a day out at the National Stadium and. And look, that those days don't come around too often for clubs like ours. So, um, so you know, we've got every reason to be excited. You say that it's four times in nine years. I mean, that's that's, that's a pretty good return. Just wanted to go back to that Kone, uh, Kone involvement again, because if you look at the you look to the replays, the ball was actually lost, and he won it back. Because and you could see Matt Butcher had made the run and was getting all frustrated because they hadn't they hadn't played it through to him. And then he got a second opportunity, and yeah, I just was amazed by that ball that came over. It was almost inch perfect, wasn't it? It was uh, absolute magic. It was something out of a film for sure. Uh, we'll do a preview for the preview of Wembley in a second, but we need to talk uh, hero of the match. And I think that this is pretty much uh, uh, an open and shut jobby. Um, but let's do it anyway. Who are we going as the hero of the match? I'm a bit, uh, bit surprised you. Uh, for for any Scottish listeners that you've announced Jobby on the podcast, to be honest, Michael, it's a, it's a completely <laughs> different type of uh, type of proposition. There, uh, it's got to be Max, hasn't it? It has to be Max. I mean, I think it, we all concur oh, with that. Wow, wow, 
I mean, he was just back to his best. His shot stopping is, when he's on his day, he is the best keeper in the league. Uh, just shot stopping, nothing gets past him. It's brilliant. And to be fair, this season as a whole, I know he had his bit of a blip in November, October, November time, but, you know, bar Bolton, we haven't conceded more than two goals. So, you know, our defence, especially since we switched to the back or back four rather than back five, has shored up quite a bit. And, you know, we're not we're not conceding loads, are we? We're just not scoring at the other end. So, yeah, Max, for that, completely unbelievable. And um, I'm going to say this as well, just as an aside from Hero of the Match, if Bradford stay down, if we do not start looking at that Clark Adore, something's yeah. wrong. He, he was phenomenal. Absolute brilliant player. He would fit our system perfectly next season. I want him so badly. I think he'll get a move to the championship, don't you? Yeah. I think he'll go up, but I I think he'll go up where he is just that little bit of class. Um and it it he's got everything, hasn't he? He's got the ability to like slow the game down, do the easy stuff, and then really change the pace of the game and run at people. He's a really, really good mm. player. Yeah, agreed. He'd fit into our system perfectly um it's just whether or not he'd he'd want to want to stay at that level because i think he'd, he's really got the um he's really got the ability to play play higher i think you got to agree with max as well um i think he's showing a level of confidence now because of the defenses in front of him because he believes in the defensive structure in front of him he's confident as well he can do do what he does and i agree with you Dan. on his day there's no better shot stopper in that league Right, so I think that's unanimous then for Max. And we're going to talk about Max in a couple of minutes because uh, it's been quite a week for him. It's been quite a week for us. It's been very, very busy. Um, before we move on, obviously, uh, Peterborough uh, await under the Wembley Arch on April 7th. Um, we'll break it down in much, much more detail nearer the time. But given our very recent 5-2 win still being very fresh in memory, um, how are you boys feeling uh, about our chances going into this cup final? Different ball game depends who's in goal. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Steers come, Steers come in the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? And um, he could not after the game against us, could, could he? And look, we said a, uh, we said after our game, you know, Clark Harris looked like he'd sort of sacked it off a bit, but you know, he he wants to put himself in the shop window. What better place to do it on Sky at Wembley? Um, so it'll be a completely different proposition to the to the home game. I don't see us going there and scoring five. Um, although I'm sure Dan's uh, Dan's prediction will be five three, um, <laughs> I don't see us going, yeah, I don't see us going there and uh, and scoring five, but it will be tight. Hopefully, it will be nip and nip and tuck. That will suit us. Um, and look, we play better against better sides, don't we? We we know that we've seen it. Um, and um, and yeah, hopefully it will um, it will be a good game and and it goes our way because as Matty said, Wembley is the best place to win, but it's the worst place to lose. I just hope that we, we play better than we did in the last time we went there against Sunderland because we were awful. We didn't play our game. We let we let them run all over us. Better performance than that. And a performance that measures anywhere near where we played against Peter Bryce, I'm confident we, we can get the win. But obviously, like I agree with Dan, it's going to be a very different game. Very different game. Lots and lots and lots of football to play between now and then. Let's go back in time, though, uh, on to Saturday, or back to Saturday, I should say, and a trip to Stevenage. Uh, we got off to a fast start, but once again, we're, we're unable to convert our many 
chances. Uh, Stevenage, however, showed us how it was done. Cole Pierjani's first half strike and some smart game management being the difference between the two sides on the day as Steve Evans's side continue their unlikely push for the playoffs. Boys, we got Wickhamed uh, once again, not for the first time this season. Uh, a lot's been said about this game, and I think emotions were very high after the first game earlier on in the season. Given the result, given the balance of play, we can't really be mad at this result, though, can we? It's a tough one to take, isn't it? I mean, look, they were they were exactly what we expected them to be. Um, look, we've we've enjoyed exactly where they are being the underdogs we've enjoyed being that team who who shithouse teams away and then you know put in those really battling performances at, at home and you know to to their credit they're what seventh in the league sixth in the league mm-hmm. um and if you'd have offered that to any of their supporters at the beginning of the season if you'd have said to them look you can finish in the playoffs and watch an appalling style of play or you can be in a relegation battle watching pretty football. All of them, to a man, would would rightly have chosen to to watch crap football and and be up there. Um, I mean, like you say, emotions were high. Most of my disgust towards Stevenage, to be perfectly honest with you, was the way that they behaved when when Leahy was down um, at, at our place. You know, paramedics struggling to find a pulse, and some of the some of the abuse, we touched on it in the last pod, but some of the abuse and the stuff that was being shouted from the stand was was utterly abhorrent. And in 32 years of watching live football, I've never experienced anything as disgusting as that. Um, that was my biggest biggest complaint about them. And and look, Steve Evans isn't a, isn't a soul who endears himself to to opposition teams, is he? If he's your manager, you absolutely love him. But if he's not, you absolutely hate him. He kind of goes in that sort of Nathan Jones slash Joey Barton (laughs) box, doesn't he? Um, But as far as our performance, how many times have we said it this year? We have to start taking our chances when we get them. Um, You know, I have a funny feeling that 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 sentence is going to be said more than once on this pod this week. But it is not acceptable to walk off of a to walk off of a football pitch having that amount having had that amount of chances and not having put one in the back of the net um we are the creators of our own of our own downfall in many ways um because we need 10 or 12 clear cut chances to score a goal um some of the football we played in build up was lovely um and it's a bit harsh to say we're clueless in the final third we just don't look like we've got a plan unless it goes in and Vokes wins a header. There isn't any other plan. Um, when Kone plays up top, we don't look like we've got a plan to, to play into him. Um, when Labala plays up top, the press is much higher, but we've touched on the fact he's not a number nine. He's not going to score loads of goals. So I don't really know what the answer is, but Look, we have we have absolutely got to get on the training ground, strip it back to basics, and do some proper old school chance taking training, shooting training, um, because at that end of the pitch, that performance was not acceptable. Um, and look, if we'd have if we'd have nicked a goal, you could argue that that would have been the perfect away performance, uh, a side who are flying high with loads of confidence. Um, Go in there and nicking a point, um, 
we don't have to like the way that they play. Um, but at the same time, just because we've played like it and we've experienced doesn't mean that we can't have an opinion on it. But it it was it was tough to watch. Um, and it was it was a sickener when that full-time whistle went because you just thought, you know, if we'd have had another five or ten minutes that we probably would have done it. Um, and weirdly, after the red card, they just went to pot. Um, I have absolutely no idea what was going on, but after the red card, they looked equally as clueless going forward as we did. Um, but yeah, frustrating, but... You know, we want performances. We want the players putting in big performances. And I feel like other than that, that final third, I feel like we had some good performances on Saturday. I've got to agree. Um, we played that, like that for years under Ainsworth. Everyone hated us. But we loved the success that we got from it. And so we can't be ones to deny Stevenage the joy from it as well. You know, um, I've even seen some of their fans say, you know, they don't particularly like Evans, but... If they're going to be up at the top of the league, it doesn't really matter to them. It's exactly what we were saying a few years ago. Um, although, that say, that said, like Adam said, it was a tough one. I, I, I was there and it was just... It was more frustrating than, you know, anger. I was just frustrated by the fact that we just didn't have that final ball, that final moment to get the goal. Um, and we let them get to us as well. We let them, they were were trying to wind us up and things like that, and we let them do it. And I will call into the fact that the referee didn't help because he, uh, Mr. Drysdale, up to his his usual tricks. Um, It's all about me. It's all about me. And I'll, uh, and I'll make the decisions that I like, even if they're not the wrong, right ones. I'm not going to say that the referee was the reason we lost because it wasn't, but uh, it wasn't. A, it was a contributing factor, I think. We're in such an awkward situation, aren't we? Nowadays, is because we've actually started playing a different style of football, um, and it's not how it was when Gaz was here. And we come week in, week out. We had fans going, "Ah, oh, I don't know how you watch that every week." Um, and now the tide's turned a bit and we're actually looking at Stevenage doing exactly the same. And uh, for one, I'm not going to be anywhere near pious and say, oh, I can't believe they play that standard of football. Fair play to them. I'm, you know, after Saturday, I know this sounds a bit outlandish because I should be pissed off that we lost. I'm not bothered. I, I, I just thought that's what they will do. That's what they did to get the result and fair play to them. It's, it's a great result from their, on their behalf. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They went out, they got the goal, they frustrated us and, and it worked. And that's more on us for not actually working out how we overcome, how we beat them. Um, you know, yeah, there were a couple of dodgy refereeing decisions. I mean, the fact that Sam Vokes wasn't given a penalty because of his size, I mean, is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the two penalties you know, were ridiculous, weren't they? Both of the decisions, uh, yeah, absolutely crazy. They were, but we're not, you know, we're not gonna. That's that's not the reason we lost, as Damo said. It's it, it it's because we just didn't break them down enough, um, and we didn't put our chances where when we had them. Um, and their keeper made a couple of good saves as well. Um, fair play to them. I mean, they've beaten us twice this season, so they're doing something right, uh, and. You know, if they're up there at the end of the season, they're up there at the end of the season. But 
um from my point of view uh, i think sadly for them is the difference between them and us is that i think steve evans at the first opportunity will be off whereas we had that level of loyalty with gaz until obviously until qpr came knocking for the 20th time and that might actually be a better thing for them to be fair um because you know i feel like they're a club who a little bit like us in some ways you know they're around that Hertfordshire area there's a lot of bigger sides um you know you've got a lot of Tottenham fans a lot of Everton fans um a lot of Watford fans and they were they were a lot of football fans kind of second team you know, I've got a friend who lives in uh, in Hertfordshire who's uh, who's also a West Ham fan and he used to go and watch them quite a lot but he he just won't go under Steve Evans he doesn't like the bloke doesn't want to go and watch him um but actually you know Steve Evans has kind of got them up, got them into a position where they're playing the style of football that will keep them in the division as an absolute, as an absolute minimum. And if he does leave and and things start to evolve a little bit, that might be the best thing that happens for them in the long term. Um, and look, you, nobody's stupid enough to look at it and go, "Oh, he's a knob. He's done a terrible job." He absolutely hasn't done a terrible job. He's got, you know, a side who are a, probably a bit. You know, you'd look at them and say they're they're probably a a little bit smaller than us, but a similar sort of size to us. Um, he's got them promoted out of the division below, and he's nearly got them into the playoffs in, in in this division, which by which by any stretch of the imagination is is fantastic. Um, don't have to like him, and I don't have to like the attitude of their supporters. But as far as the actual football club is concerned and their history is concerned, there's a lot of comparisons with us, um, and I think that. That if Evans went, I think that some of that moronic behaviour from the supporters that we saw at our place um, would probably turn round. And I think if anybody, regardless of whether you support Stevenage or Wickham, if anybody looks and hears some of the things that were said that day, um, it would take a very callous human being to to argue that that it was right. Look, the, what how their fans were on that away game was, was crap, and I wouldn't tart all fans with it because I guarantee there will be some of them in there in the away ends that weren't doing that and probably were as just as appalled as we were at, at how they were. Um, but we've got to remember this, that football brings out dickheads. Every club has dickheads. I think we've said this on the pod- podcast before, haven't we? Every club has dickheads. We've got dickheads. Yeah, Stephen has got dickheads. Yeah, we've got a few of them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just uh, unfortunately football brings out dickheads, so you, you're going to have that. But to be fair, um, you know, I didn't see anything too bad from them on Saturday. I thought I thought the fans were fine. Yeah, it sounds like <clears throat> sounds like it. Um, from what um, <coughs> excuse me, from what Damon Callum was saying, um, it sounds like it was a it was a pretty good day, but for the result, so um, just draw a line under it and move on. We ain't got to worry about them now. Bigger and better things to worry about. The atmosphere was good on Saturday. It wasn't a nasty atmosphere to be in, um, and they were just supporting their club who were winning. And what, I agree with what Dan said. You could see that it was a small number of their uh, fans chanting the horrible stuff at Adams Park. It wasn't all of them, hmm. um, but yeah, Saturday was fine apart from the actual result. Um, there was no animosity. It was just, you know, they had a, they had a nice they, they had a good singing section over on the far side on on, on the, basically on the halfway line where they got the terrace on the right hand side from where we were looking. And it's always noisy in there, isn't it? Always noisy in there. Noise. Yeah. And uh, and we had a, a, a sort of part of our stand that was sort of competed with them. 
it was no no animosity and that was what was it, what I felt was there in the first game looks like there was good coverage there that it was well attended um it sounds to me like they're getting good numbers at the at the Lamex this season and obviously that's because they're playing you know not the not the nicest looking football to watch as we've said but you know they're getting results aren't they and uh, and I do think that they're going to be uh in the in the playoff conversation right until right up until the end um they've they've done a number on us twice this season and I do think the, that style of football, the style of football that we played as well uh, with so much success uh, until very recently. I do think that's kryptonite for this European play out from the back style. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good luck to them. We, we, we draw a line under it. We move on. Before we do, uh, though, let's talk about Max's red card. Uh, obviously, a straight red was deemed to be the final man, although that seems to have been a bit of a, a dubious uh, decision made by our good mate Drysdale. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Really changed the game. And obviously, quite a, quite a wild uh, few days for Max, going from absolute Superman in the goal on Wednesday night to straight red, and now he's going to miss the next three games for us. Yeah, first of all, in the laws, it doesn't say anything about being the last man. Right. Um, there's no mention of last man whatsoever. Um, the the two things that he he could he couldn't or he could have been punished for was either denying a, uh, an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Um, which I don't think anybody can really say he didn't. He went charging out. Taft's made an absolute howler. Um, and, uh, and Max has, has clobbered the bloke. Um, or serious foul play. Um, and I think, you know, Bloom said afterwards, it's definitely a red card. And I agreed with him. It's definitely a red card. For me, where the contention lies is that it wasn't serious foul play. It was denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. There's no doubt about that. It's a red card, but the the ban should absolutely no way um, have been three games. It should have been a one-match ban. Um, and again, that's on that's on our mate Drysdale. The problem is, and we've said this a number of times on the pod. The problem is that when you when you go and you make a decision like that as a goalkeeper, um, you're giving the referee a decision to make. Um, and, and look, I think Taft's made an absolute howler and he's due one, by the way, cause he's been absolutely fantastic, but he's made a howler. Max has come out, smashed the bloke. He's been sent off, which is the right decision. And then your fate really is in, in the hands of the referee and his report. And unfortunately it's gone against Max and, you know, we're never going to appeal that decision because ultimately it was a red card. Um, and and I think you said in the chat, Michael, there's a danger that if you appeal it and it's a frivolous appeal, then you have an extra one stumped on the end and you get a bigger um you get a bigger fine. So look Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Swallow it, suck it up, learn from it and move on. I think you often um, can gauge a decision on the player's reaction. Max didn't say a word, he just walked off. Uh, He just accepted it straight away, he knew he'd done wrong. Um, Yes, there's talk of he tried to pull out and uh, there was covering defenders and things like that. It it still would have been an open goal if he hadn't taken the the guy out. Um, Even our players, two or three of them had had a little word with the ref, but they didn't sort of go mad at him or surround him like they might have done if they thought it was an injustice um yeah uh I, I, when we heard it happened at the time there was just almost general stunnedness if that's a word amongst the amongst us lot in the uh opposite end so it was the far end so we couldn't see it that well but we did see obviously you know what we could see through a crowd of players the fact that he had taken him out no denying it was a red card now. I, I've, at the time, I was, you know, like most fans, surely not a red card. Surely there's something gone wrong here. Surely it's Drysdale's fault. No, I've seen it a couple of times since, and it was a red card. But, yeah, it was just down, to, it was just not going to be our day. But as I say, the um, the reaction of the of Max said it all for me. He, he knew it was red. Football's gone. Back in the day, <laughs> Terry Butcher, head bleeding. None of that nowadays. Max should have just Max should have been applauded. Well done, Max. Stop to go. <laughs> Congratulations. To be fair, he was actually applauded off the pitch by a slot, <laughs> even though he did set up. There was no doing anything. Max could have literally like punched a child, and we would have applauded him off. Like it's just that's, that's, that's the tribal nature <laughs> of football. Like, it was a clear red, wasn't it? I mean, there's, there's no, there's no dispute in it. It's just obviously he's giving it a serious foul play, free match ban that just dries down to a T. Let's hope we don't get him for the rest of the season. He's a prick. That's, I think that that just that is the summary of it. There's, there's nothing more than that. He could have given it as one. He's not. He's giving it as three. Fuck off, Drysdale. See you later. We round out a very busy week with Tuesday night's home return against struggling Cheltenham Town, barely a month after our 3-1 win in the rearranged reverse fixture. It was less comfortable this time with Daryl Clark's boys doing very well to frustrate, but late goals from Joe Lowe and a sublime first from Bez Lubala was more than enough to earn all three points and lift us up to 14th. (laughs) I I remember the comment from the chat. I think Adam said it best uh, when surmising the first half as all fart and no poop. But we found a way, didn't we? We had to, didn't we? It it feels like a big win. Um, Again, we just did everything perfectly up to the final third. There was some lovely football there. When the Woodlands are applauding a passing move, you know that it's been good football. There's some really nice football. But football's about scoring goals, right? Mm. And we get into the final third and it's just like we've, we froze. Um, I I absolutely love Sam Vokes as much as the next person. But last night he was just completely anonymous. He was working hard. He was putting everything in. But yeah, he just didn't have his best game yesterday. There wasn't re- any real focal point. Dale Taylor looked like <clears throat> he would have fallen over a daisy had there been one, had there been one on the pitch. 
Um, and and as Matt said, you know, after we missed the penalty, there was a real low, and I think those changes were were needed. Um, and you know, eventually they paid off. But when you look back on the game, <clears throat> sort of in the cold light of day after sleeping on it, we've missed a penalty. Their keeper, by the way, who was absolutely fantastic. Um, he made Dale Taylor look like he was about six for eight. It was tiny. I think he's the smallest keeper I've ever seen at this level. Um, but he was absolutely fantastic. Kept him in it. His distribution was brilliant. Um, but, I mean, he made that that one save in the second half where he tipped one round the post. He made a couple of saves in the first half um, that were equally as good. Uh, you know, we could quite easily be, be sitting here talking about a five or six nil win. Um, and it wouldn't have been an absolute freak result on the performance. So I think we've got to do better going forward with the games that we've got coming up. Because if we play play like that against um, Barnsley or Reading, we'll get punished at the other end. Um, but at the same time, a lot to be positive about. Um, I think the clean sheet will do the um, will do the confidence the world are good. Um, particularly Franco's confidence, despite the fact he didn't have a lot to do. I think it's always good for a goalkeeper in that kind of situation to walk off the pitch with a um, with a clean sheet. Um, there were some really good performances last night. Um, there wasn't anybody that you could look at who you could say was absolutely horrific and chucked in an absolute nightmare match. But there were some really good performances last night back, back to front. Um, and then you really summarised it perfectly there, Michael. You know, Joe, Joe Lowe showing the forwards how it's done. Just put your bloody foot through it, and he's absolutely smashed that, hasn't he? I wouldn't have, but I wouldn't have wanted to have been stood stood behind it. Um, and then Labala's finish is absolutely fantastic, um, and that just shows what he can bring us. And for me, he absolutely one hundred percent has to start on Saturday, um, just with his energy, his enthusiasm, his ability to do to do that kind of thing. We saw it at Cheltenham away, didn't we, where he nearly scored from, from distance. Um, but his ability just to to do the ridiculous stuff, I think he's he's got to be in there and he's got to be starting football matches for us. But it's three points. It's a clean sheet. Um, it's two goals. It could have been a lot more. Um, but, you know, it's good preparation for, for a tricky little run. I can't uh, agree more, basically, with what Adam's just said. Um we did everything right apart from putting in the ball in the back of the net. I was all set to to blame my mate Chris because it was his fourth game and he hadn't actually seen a score yet this season. Um, yeah, I think he went over six hours last night before he actually did score. Um, but yeah, it was just getting that getting those three points was the biggest relief in the world. I mean, I think it was summed up by Jack Grimm when we saw him out in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, and he went, he went, he went, I think, fuck for that, <laughs> as he walked past us. You know, the players were as relieved as the fans were. But, yeah, and if you listen to Daryl Clark's um, summarization of the game, he said, we we can deserve to win both games, they outplayed us. So, when the opposition manager's saying that, you know, it's a good thing. We've just got, and, but, and I agree about Labala, he's got to, he needs to be starting games, because... He frightened the hell out of them when he came on yesterday. And we've seen him score two worldies. Unfortunately, one was against us. But, you know, he's got that in his locker. So, yeah, I, I, positive about the actual performance. You know, I never thought we were going to lose. But we just need to score more goals. We should, last night, we should have been going into positive goal difference. 
Um, unfortunately, we just didn't because we didn't get five like we should have done. Baz has been starting games, but he's been starting games in the wrong position. He's been starting up top when actually he came on for Dale Taylor yesterday in that number 10 position and filled it rather nicely. So, again, it's a bit like Hanlon at the start of the season. We put Hanlon into the wrong position and then we feed him the wrong balls that doesn't suit him and then he doesn't seem to get a run of form. And then when we start playing him in the way that we need him to and start playing him in the way that he likes to play, and then he starts producing stuff, that's what we need to do. That's the problem with our front line. I mean, a few weeks ago, we were lamenting the fact that we'd score 13 goals in nine days. And now we're saying we're not clinical enough and we need to score more. Well, let's look at those four games that we had over those nine days and actually work out what worked well and why it worked well. And it's because the people up top um, are playing in the positions they need to play. Our problem is a unique problem in the fact that for the first time in about 10 years, we have depth up top. And because we've got depth, we're sport for choice. And because we're sport for choice, we put everyone into different positions all the time and we're not putting them in consistent places. When beforehand, you know, we knew we had Bio up top and then we had someone that would accompany him up there as well. So Bio would bring the ball down and lay it off to Scotty Cashgate and Scotty Cashgate would get 11 goals in 10 games. We don't have that luxury anymore because one day Bez Labal is up top and then he's number 10 and then he's on the right wing and then he's on the left wing and it's just there's there's no consistency up top. That's the problem. But then I'm not a football coach. I'm not qualified by UEFA, so I'm probably talking a load of shit. But, you, you know, it's it that's that's how I see it at the moment is that we just need that consistency up top because we're changing it all the time. Do want to quickly talk about some individual performances and get into the hero of the match discussion. Um, as you said, Adam, pretty pretty good from from back to front uh, on Tuesday night. Obviously, Jolo, the golden boot uh, attempt, the golden boot run is back on. Uh, really well taken goal, but Bez Lubala, Berly Lubala, whoa! I mean, we we were saying a couple of weeks ago, uh, waiting for this boy to open his account with the Blues. Uh, he did it in some style, didn't he? It's beautiful, wasn't it? Was beautiful. It's stunning, stunning, I, stunning strike. I was right behind it. It had this perfect angle, and when I was watching it, it just started to curl. It almost looked like it was in slow motion when I was watching it, and it just got round the uh, round the goalkeeper. And well, the goalkeeper had, had no no chance. And yeah, it, it it's 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 a goal of the season contender for us, definitely for us. So after twenty five foot one and in goal though. He was he was he was tiny, yeah. but that, I don't think that I don't think a six for eight goalkeeper would have got that. Do, do you know what I liked about the goal though? Uh, perhaps perhaps more than the goal itself was the celebration. You saw yeah. how much it meant. You saw how much it meant to him. And I tell you what, on reflection, you know, we 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 had a very busy transfer window, uh, both transfer windows. But January was a very uh, frantic one. Uh, we had uh, a lot of players go out. We had a lot of players come in. But these these two players that have come in that have really impressed me, Matt Butcher and uh, and, and Lubala. Uh, Lubala's looking like an absolute steal. Um, and you know that goal, but combined with the celebration, that to me shows the commitment and the passion to the quarters. The celebration, the fact that he ran over, he ran over to Matt Bloomfield, didn't he? And then ran to the fans. You know, it, it was a it was a double edged sword with that celebration. And that showed exactly the passion that he's got for the club. Everyone was so pleased for him, and that's 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 what we want. We want that unity within the side. I just I was absolutely buzzing for him. And I think the one thing as well that really made me very happy was that was a well-worked set-piece routine. 
because that wasn't uh, just a bang it in and see bang it into the mix and see what happens that was a work set piece routine nearly spoiled by a referee who did the dramatic little reveal before bez kind of slotted it in um but that's that's that was nice and even even like last night it it, it was nice with the fact that our goals came from set pieces which we have been doing well, so well under with Gaz. And we were saying a few weeks ago, we can't seem to get our set pieces right at the moment. And that's, you know, we need to get that right because uh, that's when we that's when we got our goals before. You know, Gaz, I think Gaz's last game was that goal from Lewis Wing from the corner that was done a bit differently because we knew that there was, uh, you know, Trafford would be exposed in that way. Um, that felt like the same again last night. And that's, it's that kind of thinking. And, you know, if they apply that consistently across all games, like if we apply that to Stevenage on Saturday and go, well, they play in this way, because we knew how Stevenage would play. How do we break them down and then work out the way in which we do that? That's where we might have got a result. Um, that's what we did last night. And it, it seemed to work. We kept at it. We made the right changes. The substitutions have been much better in recent weeks as well, may I add. Um, they seem to have actually added more. Um, apart from the fact that, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm guessing, sadly, it was a fitness and injury issue, the fact that he came off, because he is such a game-changer. He's such a good player for us. He's, he's one of my favourite players this season, bar, uh, well, there's a couple, Jack Grimmer as well. Mm-hmm. But sadly, uh, he shouldn't have come off. But it's just... Um, it's a fitness Bloomfield said it's, he was redlining. They, they've got this red line that where they don't want to take, you know, overwork players. And that, he, Bloomfield said in his interview, that's why he took him off. He's been ill as well. He's been ill as well as me. He's been ill. He didn't get a full free season. He's played a lot of football. He's that kind of player who just gives a hundred and ten percent. He's quick. Um, yeah, we look. We can't afford to have him out for a long period of time. And if you were one of the idiots in the ground who was booing that substitution because you're stu- you're you're not sensible enough to be able to see w- what was going on, then shame on you. Um, absolutely ridiculous from it was quite a lot of people as well booing it um just absolute stupidity it was quite clear to me what had gone on um and look we all want a fit and firing kieran sadly are playing 90 minutes a game every week but unfortunately we're not going to get that particularly with these saturday tuesday saturday tuesday schedules but next week we've got a whole week without a midweek game hopefully that'll be an opportunity to give the players a bit of a rest and, um, you know, be fit and firing to go again for, for Reading and Wigan, which are going to be two two tough games after this weekend. But, um, yeah, absolutely agree, Dan. The, the, the substitutions have made such a difference. Uh, even Wheeler coming on yesterday, you know, he's he's not a player you would look at as a game changer, normally as a game changer in an attacking um, sense. You know, he's normally a player you'd bring on who will do all the hard work, he'll do all the gritty work. I thought actually he gave us a different dimension going forward and he looked very dynamic. It, it, there was some really, really Sister good changes today. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he was in um, the mix, wasn't he? When the ball went up in the air, yeah. before it dropped to Joe Lowe, he was up there and causing causing havoc and, you know, like you say, assisted the goal. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Before we move on uh, quickly uh, from your boys, who are we going with as your hero of the match? I can't look past, for me, Joe Lowe. I thought he was brilliant in defence and then obviously he scored a goal. He's my, my hero of the match. For me, um, I think Joe Lowe was, was fantastic. Um, I think sadly I played 
played very, very well. Um, Grimmer, again, was brilliant. But for me, there was a really, really, really good performance in the centre of the park from Butcher, um, who did so much of that dog work that you have to do against the sides that are down there. If you can't battle in the centre of the park against the sides that are down there, you'll start dropping points against them. And um, I thought yesterday he was absolutely immaculate in everything that he did. Didn't do anything world-class. You know, he wasn't pinging 45-yard balls onto people's toes and taking people on, but he was breaking up play really well. He was keeping the ball. He was looking after the ball. He loves having the ball in tight spaces. And for me yesterday, he was absolutely outstanding. So Butcher was absolutely immaculate and absolutely outstanding, but he wasn't stunning. <laughs> stunning as well. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, do you know what? I, I'm actually. I, I might go a bit left field. I and I think it's not just Cheltenham last night, but I think apart from the mistake at Stevenage, I think Taff over the last few games for us has been really, really important at the back. Um, I love the fact that we've got such a good partnership with him and Joe Lowe. Uh, it's made such a difference um, having them two. And I just, it, it really makes me feel a bit safer um, when watching games now that you've got that. I mean, obviously, we had, just going back to Saturday, obviously, we had Nigel in there. Um, it, it, it felt a bit more kind of comfortable. And that's not a dig at Nigel because I think he's very good when he does come on at right back and things like that but I think having that partnership that Lowe and Taff have it's been so so important I think Taff has just been very very good and the fact that he's had a, a series of games has really benefited him. Um, some quick updates before we move on to Barnsley. Um, three things um, Rob uh, did a Q&A before the game on Tuesday night and we got an update on the new board members that are coming into the club. So really, really good to see there. Uh, obviously, we get that transparency. And also it's uh, five years uh, with, with the Kuhigs now in control of the club. Uh, any brief, quick thoughts on what was discussed yesterday? Four or five years, whatever it is. Um, it was all really positive. I thought Rob fronted up really, really well to the questions, um, answered what he could if he couldn't answer it, explained why he couldn't answer it. Um, this new um, Georgian businessman who's getting involved seems like the kind of guy that he's obviously been testing out over a period of time. Um, we'd had sniffles of it and um, and chatter about it previously from the investment that he'd made into uh, into the holding company. So um, so yeah, all very po- all very positive, very happy. He was in good spirits and. Um, and yeah, look, the the meltdown on Twitter that happened a couple of weeks ago, as we'd all suspected, was completely over the top and unnecessary. Um, <laughs> they're not selling us for a lollipop stick and a box of Maltesers and, uh, and running <laughs> off into the sunset with all of our money and um, turning our stadium into a dog track. Um, like I think as most reasonable people expected, it was um, it was positive, it was good. The club's in good hands um, and uh, exciting times ahead. I don't think they have ground racing in Kazakhstan, do they? <laughs> Definitely no. Georgia he's from. Well, he's from Georgia, but he operates in Kazakhstan. <laughs> so, I mean, he literally runs Kazakhstan's version of Amazon. We're, so we're definitely, we're basically dealing with um, the Kazakhstan's answers. Is it Jeff, Jeff Bezos? Bezos. Yeah. yeah. 
He's basically he is basically Mr. Kazakhstan, isn't he? I think he if if there is a business in Kazakhstan, he's he's basically behind it. I mean, I can literally see it now. The you know when he becomes a more you know prominent member of the board and this all becomes official, you're going to start seeing some mankinis. Adams Park, it's it's going to happen, isn't it? So let's move on. Uh, some some interesting uh, transfer business. Obviously, some of it has been enforced, uh, but we have a new goalkeeper, Nathan Shepherd, formerly with Dundalk, uh, has been signed as cover with Max suspended for the next three games. So obviously that's good. We've we've got that kind of uh, we've got that safety net. Obviously, just in case something crazy happens to Franco, fingers crossed. Touch wood, nothing happens. But uh, some some. Some more great news that broke today. Uh, a new deal for Jasper, who's done very well to break into the first team this season, uh, extends his current deal. I couldn't see anything about how long that deal is, but it's good that we're tying down uh, our bright young talent. Yeah, both both really positive bits of news. Um, Shepard add, adding to our Welsh contingent. He played some games for, for Wales under-21s. Um, so it's him, J-Lo, JJ, Sam Vokes, who have who have all represented Wales at under twenty one level, so um, so that looks like a an exciting one for the future. And that Jasper's exactly the the kind of character that you want around the club, isn't he? Um, he's an absolute diamond of a bloke. He'll play wherever he's put. You don't see him moaning when he's not on the pitch. Um, and he's he is the absolute dream of a of of a fringe player. With, with lots and lots of ability and lots and lots of promise. So congratulations to him and look forward to, to many more appearances. What I loved about Jasper is the fact that he eased our fears about if Jack Grimmage does get injured. We've got real cover now uh, at right, right back and I just thought he played brilliantly when they got there. The only reason he stopped playing there is because he's got an unfortunate injury. So that's all that knocked him out of the side. It's nice for us to have a ginger in the side, isn't it? We haven't had one in a while. Lockie is delighted. <laughs> Role he's model. Absolutely delighted that he's, he's a, a goalkeeper. ginger goalkeeper. Yeah, Lockie's a goalkeeper and he's ginger, so he is absolutely delighted. He's got a new favourite player. Vokes and Leahy have been elbowed to one side. It's his new favourite player. <laughs> Fair enough. There's not enough rangers in football, is there? <laughs> Let's move on. On to Saturday and a real tough test at Adams Park as perennial promotion contenders Barnsley travel to HP12. Neil Collins' side are always a difficult challenge and come to us on an imperious run of form, having only lost one league game since November. Um, boys, this isn't really the game for a group of players that are coming off three games in the space of a week. Uh, we've we've mentioned it, we've said it before, we've got depth, we've got options. So with that in mind, who do you want to see line up against this difficult opponent come Saturday? I want consistent back four. I want the same back four. I think that's right. Um, I don't know. This, this is the problem. I don't know who you put in midfield because obviously we've got such competition there with Potts, Gowan, Butcher, all that. I don't know. Um, it's more the up top who I'm concerned about at the moment. I think you've just as long as we play the right people in the right positions, that's 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 all I ask. If we play, if we're going to start Bez, put him in that number ten, and that's no dig at Dale Taylor because he has improved recently over the last few games and things like that, but. Yeah, if we're going to play Bez, put him as a number 10. Um, I think this game probably calls out for Vokes, to be honest with you. I think uh, 
uh, more so just from the experience that it's going to be tough. They're a good side um, and they're up there. But, you know, Peterborough are up there and the t- and the other sides that we've played that are up there at home, we seem to have done okay with. Um, when we played them away, they were there for the taking. I mean, I, I say that listening. I was I was literally driving back from Glasgow in a in a van, listening to it. But apart from Max's mistake, we would have held them to a draw, and that was with Lyle Taylor, who couldn't be asked at the time. So, you know, with eleven players that are in the right place, anything's possible. We we are capable of of beating beating the best in this league on our day. We just have to be on our day. Yeah, agreed. Um, as much consistency as possible. I think. I don't think I'm being too outrageous in saying Franco's going to start in goal, right? I don't think Shepard's going to be no. pushed in front Franco of, start. of Franco. Franco. I think Franco's Franco, got to be the choice. Franco starts in goal, same back four. Um, I think Scowan will come back in. Um, I wonder if we might see um, see Scowan and Potts in the middle. Um, like you say, Dan, personally, I'd like to see Labala in the 10. Um, then sadly a left. If McCleary's got anything left in the tank, he looked absolutely shattered yesterday. But if he's got anything left in the tank, even if it's just 60 minutes, I'd be starting him for his experience. Um, I don't think this is a game to be starting Kone. Um, I think we've got to, we've got to persevere with Vokes. But if we're going to persevere with Vokes, we've got to play into him in the right way. There is absolutely no point in playing Vokes in short into his feet. Um, we've got to play to his strengths. Like yesterday, he had like three Cheltenham centre-backs hanging off of him at one point and we're playing into his feet. What is the point? Um, so, yeah, we've got to play into him the right way. But, um, but look, like you say, Dan, we've put in some good performances against the uh, against the top teams. You know, we've... We've drawn at Derby. Um, we came very, very close against Bolton up there. You know, admittedly they outplayed us down here. Um, you know, Portsmouth only for that last minute assault on Max. We come away with a decent result. Barnsley, Max's stupidity really cost us. So, so look, we haven't had any any really bad results. You know, we've drawn with Oxford twice. Um, our, our problems haven't been against sides at that end of the table. It's been the, the other end of the table that have uh, that have caused us issues. So, um, so that I f- fully recognise it's going to be a tough game. We're playing another ex-Premier League team. Um, I remember growing up collecting those football models, the caricature ones, and Neil Redfern was the first ever one that I got in a Barnsley kit. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of... Um, bit of nostalgia there for those of us who have supported football for a long, long time. But but look, they're in our division for a reason. Um, we won't have an inferiority complex. So let's go toe-to-toe with them and try and get a result. One player I think we've got to consider, because I think he came, he started against Stevenage and didn't do badly in, a, in what was a tough battling game with Kudori. If, if McCleary hasn't got... Uh, the fuel in the tank. You've got to try and play him on the wing because I thought he, I thought he started that game against Stevens really well. Uh, he was unfortunate, obviously, when Max got taken off. He got he was one of the players who was sacrificed. But I just thought he played really well against Stevens, and I would put him in if McCleary isn't fully up to it, up to the whole game. Well, historically, 
we don't do very well against this lot. Only two wins in our 11 total games against Barnsley. Uh, that's three wins, three draws. Uh, two wins, sorry, three draws and six defeats. Whatever happens on Saturday, whoever we line up against this side, uh, I guess we're always going to have that wonderful August afternoon at Oakwell back in 22. That that afternoon filled with worldies. I'll never forget that Dom Gape goal. Ah, oh, I hope Dom's doing well. Um, We've, regardless of, of what lines up, it's going to be a difficult game. What are we going to go score prediction-wise for Saturday? Um, I'm going to say a hard-earned 2-2 draw. Mm. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win. 3-2. Oh, that Where sounds that like a blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad Nostradamus predicted a win because he's pretty spot on. Yeah, I think this game's going to be really, really tight. I think it's going to be edgy. I think it's going to be really difficult. I don't think there's going to be many chances. That's well, where's said, this going? We all know. 5 3 is going to be. <laughs> Had to be, didn't it? Had to be. Uh, um... Love it. I love it. Uh, and I really hope it's a fire free. I really hope it's a free two. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a nil nil draw. Um, I'll be absolutely delighted if we if we come away with uh, with a point against this side. Just looking at their their performances in the league pretty much all season. They got off to a pretty slow start, but since November, as I said, they've been really on it. They're always on it, Barnsley. They're always up around that area of the table, aren't they? And they tend to kind of, you know, yo-yo between, you know, the bottom of the championship and uh, and League One, but they're always tough to play against. We will see what happens on Saturday uh, and that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at DanClarkPR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.